previous lectures we looked at our first encounter we have with the Holy Spirit, which is when every believer is born again. In uh, this series, we're going to look at now the second um, aspect of it. We're looking at the second encounter that believers um, can have with the Holy Spirit in their walk with the Lord. As we said and we mentioned in the previous teaching, uh, there are, in fact, myriads of saints that never experience the second encounter with the Holy Spirit. But we also said that uh, there is great evidence in the earth today that uh, God the Father is um, bringing to pass that which He promised, which He said that in the last days that He would pour out His Spirit in all flesh. And we said that at the opening of the 20th century, that the number of Spirit-filled believers uh, in, the, in the church could be numbered in their thousands, or in the earth, I suppose, and that at the beginning of the 21st century, that number has now extended into the millions. And so very clearly, uh, God is pouring out all of uh, His Spirit on all flesh in these last days. And so we're wanting to have a look at the second encounter that uh, all believers um, have access to, not all believers partake of. And um, that encounter is termed as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the opening passage of Scripture we'll have a look at is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking around this particular subject. And the account is in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through to verse 8. Scripture says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so our Lord Jesus refers to this second encounter that we have with the Holy Spirit as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, we've already mentioned again in the, in the previous teaching that to be baptized means to be fully immersed into. And we saw that uh, all believers are baptized into Christ by the Holy Spirit when they are born again. In other words, they are fully immersed into Christ. They become a part of the body of Christ. And so it is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the believer is then fully immersed into the Holy Spirit or baptized into the Holy Spirit. Now, at this, in, on this occasion when our Lord speaks to his disciples, it is just prior to him ascending into heaven or it's coming to it's at the end of his 40 day period when he appeared to the disciples during that 40 day period after he was raised from the dead. <clears throat> and um, at, at this time, all of the disciples were already born again, for they had all been born again on the first day that our Lord was raised from the dead, for our Lord appeared to all of them, and he appeared to uh, a number of them during the day, and then he appeared to the rest of the disciples that evening of the first day of his resurrection. Well, Thomas wasn't there, he was there only, our Lord appeared to him eight days later. But on that occasion, when our Lord appeared to all of the disciples that evening, uh, in John's Gospel, John 20, verse 22, the Scripture teaches us that our Lord Jesus breathed on them 
and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so all, all of our Lord's disciples had received the Holy Spirit on the night that he was raised from the dead, the first day because that's when they were born again. That's when the Holy Spirit took up residence on the inside of them because their spirits were now new uh, wineskins that could now um, accommodate the new wine of the Holy Spirit. But even though they, each one of the disciples had already received the Holy Spirit 40 days earlier when they were born again, they had not yet been baptized into the Holy Spirit. And that is what our Lord Jesus is um, um, speaking to his disciples about in this passage of Scripture. For he says, um, you are, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So it was a, a period of just short of, of 10 days. Uh, in which they were then baptized with the Holy Spirit. So why is it that the Lord wants his saints to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? If it is the case that we already have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us when we're born again. Well, our Lord answers that question for us in this passage of Scripture. In verse 8 when he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so our Lord is um, telling us very plainly that when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is at that point that the saints receive the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Prior to that, those saints had not yet received the power of the Holy Spirit. They had just had the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And we've dealt with all of the blessing that pertains to having the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of the believer. So what is this power that our Lord is referring to when he says that when we, were, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that we then receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 to 6 gives us a little bit of insight along this line. And that is, uh, the passage of scripture reads, For it is impossible... For those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. And so the power that our Lord is referring to when he talks of, about us receiving power when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, are in fact the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For in this passage of Scripture, he talks about, well, the writer, um, which is in fact the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit inspires Paul, Paul to write this passage. He says that those um, who are in Christ uh, taste of the powers of the age to come. Now, we, the, we only taste of the powers of the age to come once we have received power of the Holy Spirit. So what are the powers of the age to come? Well, the powers of the age to come are in fact the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are nine gifts listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through to 10. And so that, those are the powers that the saints become um, acquainted with 
when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that every saint will then operate in every gift of the Holy Spirit, because as I said, there are nine listed. It just means that saints that have been baptized into the Holy Spirit are then uh, able to gain access to the powers of the Holy Spirit, which in fact are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so saints that have not yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit are excluded from partaking of the power of God and that those powers being the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on the earth, he uh, only began to perform the works of God after he had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And now we pick up in Luke's account, Luke chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Well, you, uh, there were there, from the time that our Lord came into the earth until such a time as he entered into ministry, our Lord performed no miracles whatsoever. Um, he lived a righteous life. He lived a sinless life. And as such, he lived a, as a testimony to those around him of what it was like to be um, a, a son of God because he lived... Uh, as the Son of Man, but he lived showing a godly lifestyle. But he never performed any miracles. It was only after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit that he was able to then begin to perform the works of God. Prior to that, he couldn't do that. Because we need to understand very clearly that when our Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth, he came as a man. Uh, Book of Philippians, teach, Philippians teaches us that he laid aside all of his godlike powers and he um, humbled himself and became a servant, became a man. And he came into the earth and he was fully reliant on God the Father, God the Holy Spirit to enable him to walk in the supernatural. He had no ability in and of himself to do that because he had laid all of that aside before he came to the earth. And so when he walked the earth, he walked this earth as a man. He called himself the Son of Man. Um, the, all, the, the New Testament writer, the Apostle Paul, refers to him as the last Adam, also the second Adam. And so um, he basically says to us that Jesus was pretty much on the same path, uh, uh, on a par with Adam because Jesus was the second Adam. And so as Adam was created as the son of God, because the, uh, again, Luke's gospel refers to Adam as being the son of God. So it is that Jesus was the son of God and he came to the earth as a man. He had no inherent powers of his own that he could operate in. That's why the temptation that Satan put before him was if you're the son of God, uh, command that the stone become bread. Now Jesus replied to him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so Jesus is just replying to Satan, Satan, I'm not here as the son of God. I'm here as the son of man. And as such, Jesus was fully reliant on the power of God to be able to do the works of God. And so if our Lord Jesus Christ himself um, couldn't do the works that he did 
until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, well, then we're going to be pretty much in that same boat. Without us having received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is impossible for the saints to do the works that Jesus said we would do. But don't forget that Jesus also said that the works that he did, we would do also. And so if you think about the works that our Lord Jesus did, there were miraculous works that he did uh, of healing and miracles that he performed. But he could not do those works until such a time as he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the same manner, the saints of God can also not do those works unless we too are baptized with the Holy Spirit and thus receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can then taste the powers of the age to come. Now, people get hung up because Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Now, people seem to think, all right, well, that means that, okay, in today's age, we will do greater miracles, and we will do greater healings than even our Lord Jesus Christ did when he was on the earth. But that is not the case. That's not true at all, because our Lord said to us, in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 10, 24, and he said it on more than one occasion, a disciple is not greater than his master. A servant is not greater than his master. A disciple is not greater than his teacher. And so we actually cannot do greater miracles than our Lord Jesus Christ performs. We can't do greater healings than our Lord Jesus Christ performed. Because you have studied the works of our Lord Jesus. Those are uh, tremendously powerful works that he performed when he was on the earth. So what, is the, what are the greater works that our Lord was referring to when he did say, uh, and greater works than these shall you do? Be, uh, he, he qualifies it. He says, because I ascend to my Father. So what are those greater works? Well, the greater works that Jesus was referring to are the works that we as his saints can do because Jesus has gone to God, be with God the Father. So what is the, the works that we can do that he could not do because Jesus hadn't yet gone to the Father? Well, Jesus couldn't get anybody born again because he had not yet died. He had not yet been raised from the dead and he had not yet ascended into heaven with his blood as the atoning sacrifice. And so throughout his ministry, no one was born again under the, under the, the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a work that the, is given to the church to do. The church can get the people born again because we can now proclaim the gospel of salvation. People can believe it and thus be born again. So that's one of the greater works that the church can do that Jesus could not do when he was on the earth because he had not yet ascended to the Father. Another work that the church can do that Jesus could not do when he was on the earth is that we can get uh, saints filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus could not get the saints filled with the Holy Spirit because it was only after Jesus ascended to the Father and received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father that he was able to then pour out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and obviously fill all saints thereafter who asked him for the Holy Spirit. So that is a work that is given to the church to do. Jesus could not perform that work. Why? Because he had not yet ascended to the Father. And so the, the greater works that the church can do, which Jesus could not do when he was on the earth, 
is that we can get people born again and we can get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Both those works are works that Jesus could not do when he was on the earth. Now, Jesus calls them greater works. Why? Because these two works are, in fact, eternal works. To be born again is for all eternity. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is for all eternity. Whereas uh, works of miracles and healings, however fantastic they are, are still temporary in nature. Because when Jesus fed the multitude, within a week's time they were hungry again and they had to feed themselves. When Jesus healed people so that they could, uh, the blind man could see, eventually that blind man died physically and so his eyesight went anyway. And so all of the other works, that, all the works that Jesus did are in fact, were in fact temporary in nature. But the eternal works are getting people born again and filled with the Spirit. Now that does not mean that we now discount the, the, the temporary works and we say, well, because they're temporary, we don't do them anymore. We just concentrate on the greater works. Not at all. For our, our Lord said to us, again, we're not greater than Him, and so we need to do what He did. And He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. And so we do need to be doing the, the miracles that our Lord performed. We do need to be doing the healings that our Lord performed as well. But nevertheless, we are also able to do the greater works that our Lord spoke about. And so the, one of the greater works, as we already mentioned, is the work of being able to fill the saints with the Holy Spirit so that they can uh, receive the power of God. And we're going to now, with the, as we carry on with this particular uh, section, uh, we're going to have a look at um, five biblical accounts, five accounts in, given to us in Scripture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this second encounter that all saints can partake of, however not all saints do partake of it for various reasons, and we're not going to touch on the reasons. Because what we're wanting to look at in this series is a biblical, um, a biblical framework for our encounters that we have with the Holy Spirit. So that we can know how to work with Him and not grieve Him in any way. And also so that we can discern what uh, encounters, because all encounters with the Holy Spirit are supernatural in nature. And so we need to be able to discern what supernatural encounters we have are in fact encounters with the Holy Spirit and or what are encounters with spirits that are not of God. And so that's what this series is really all about. But uh, we're now going to look at the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a bit more detail so that we can just know exactly what this second encounter is all about. But we're going to end the teaching on that particular point.